All right, thanks, Jason and Jason. Well, hello, Dirt. It's good to be here. I didn't even know this thing existed until uh, Jason called me during the summer and was like, hey, could you speak of this? You look like a dirty guy because I live in the high desert, uh, grew up in this whole world, um, very familiar with, with uh, your type of people. And I mean that in the most positive way because you are dirt people. And I'm a dirt person. I, I live in the dirt. I grew up in the dirt. And I'm very familiar with the attitudes that are associated with the dirt. Some of them good. Some of them not so good. But God is, God is good. And his, his grace is super uh, sufficient for it all. And so I want to just share with you over this, this weekend, I, I got to thinking about, you know, what do I, what do I tell folks, including from little kids all the way up? You know, one of the things that's fascinating, if you think about scripture and, and, and tied in with dirt, and we're out in the middle of nowhere, a city created. Could you imagine a million people like this traveling through the desert with no dirt bikes, no side-by-sides, nothing but their feet, some animals, and some other things? And that is where the people of Israel paved the way of faith for the rest of us. Showing us what it looked like to struggle through faith in a wilderness. And we find ourselves out in the middle of nowhere in a wilderness. And I want to just share with you, what are some things that are going to help you walk the Christian walk or ride the Christian ride? Because it's not always simple. It's not always easy. Thank you, man. It's not always, uh, you know, all the fun and all the games. Sometimes there's, there's wrecks. Sometimes things break. Sometimes things don't work out the way you expected, the way you had hoped, the way you felt they were going to go, whatever it is. And, and so today, I want to just share with you a little bit about that. But I want to I wanna let you know who I am. I'm a pastor, but I've, I've been a pastor for about 11 years. Prior to that, I was a contractor um, using my hands, and, and it is extremely hard to go from something where you can see things built to now where you can see people. And sometimes they look built and sometimes they look like they're wrecked. And so I understand the struggles of the ups and downs of life. I understand the tired. So I don't want you to think of me as, as a pastor in a bubble because I'm not. I'm totally not. My family deals with the same stuff you deal with. I know what it's like to get up at 3.30 a.m. and drive and go and work until 7 and get home. But that doesn't in any way affect the fact that I'm still called to follow Christ. And so that's what I want you to know. It's easy to, to have the guards come up of, you know, oh, this pastor, he doesn't have a life like mine. He doesn't know the real world. <laughs> but I want you to know I know the real world. I'm very familiar with it. I love it. I love it. I miss it so much. Because you guys have such an opportunity to share the truth of what God's doing in your heart with the world outside of, uh, of the church like I don't have. And so today, I want you to, to think about what you can take from here, not so that you can hold it for yourself. I want you to do that as well. But so that you can take it out to the world that you live in. To show them what it looks like to run the Christian race. And if you're not a Christian, I'm so thankful you're here. I will in no way pressure you. The Holy Spirit does that on my behalf for you with my desire and my prayers. He calls you to himself. I'm not here to twist your arm, but I am here to explain to you what's required to become a follower of Christ. And it is the only option you have for salvation. 
And so I want to share uh, just out of First Peter, but before we get there, I, I got to thinking about, you know, what does it look like to have... Um, you know, an engine. What is it? What is an engine? You guys remember, right? Maybe if you've been riding a long time, you, you're broken down on the side. And what does someone older rides by and says, hey, man, did you check for the three things you need? What do you need for an engine to run? It needs air, right? It needs spark and it needs fuel. You take away any of those elements and that thing is not moving. It's not running. It's not going to do what it was designed to do. And I want to suggest to you that we are a lot like that formula. If we look at the Christian life, you know, there's air, which we, we are created in God's image. And so I'm, I want you to see us. He breathed the breath of life into us. And when he breathed the breath of life into us, he made us these image bearers to represent him to the world around us. And so we are that. Then sin entered the equation. We fell from that. And the things became a wreck and a mess. But that's not where he stopped because he always intended to bring a spark, <laughs> to bring a light, to bring an ignition source into the world, which was the testimony of his faithful people culminating in the testimony of his faithful son, who was God himself. And he's the spark that brings to our hearts life, pursuit of him, knowledge of him, yes, but also knowledge of him that leads to something that we go after, we seek it, we ride towards it. And so we've got the air, which is us, and we've got the spark, but there's something else that's needed, that fuel, right? The fuel that keeps the thing running. You can have air, it's abundance. Spark, I don't change spark plugs very often. If you foul them, yeah, but but guess what? God never fouls his spark. It's an endless warranty on his spark, and it never, ever fails. But there is something needed to continue this Christian race, and that is fuel. And so that's the acronym we're going to use for, for this whole weekend, fuel. I got four sessions. I got, I got four letters. And the first one is faith. Seems simple, right? Faith. And I want to identify faith with the definition of an active trust. It's an active trust in Christ that leads to a pursuit. So just think of an active trust. An active trust is, is this stool, you know, if it sits here and I say, I believe that stool will hold me. But if I never actually sit in that stool, will you believe that I believe that it, it will hold me? It doesn't make sense. Until I take this stool and I sit on it, I say, I trust this stool. A lot of us want to identify God, the work that Christ has done, and we say, we see that thing, and I believe that thing. But you see, faith is more than just belief. Faith is actually putting yourself and your full weight and your full submission upon that thing, upon Christ, upon his work, that you couldn't do it on your own. However, he did it for you, and he offers it freely. The Holy Spirit sparks that into your mind, creates this desire in your heart, and that is what brings forth faith, the active trust and pursuit. An active trust and pursuit. And, and so there's a passage in First Peter. And First Peter is, is, a, is an awesome book. It's one of my favorite books. Because it's, it's Peter, man. Peter was just a dude like you and me. He was a fisherman. His hands were dirty and his mouth was raw. That guy said some things. He put his foot in his mouth more than anybody else. And I do that all the time. 
I used to do that more when I, before I was walking with the Lord intentionally, but, but I still do it. And, and Peter speaks boldly about the salvation that God has brought through his son, Jesus. And so in 1 Peter chapter 1, I'm just going to read a few verses. Forgive me for this weird stance of just trying to keep this thing from blowing away. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. New birth, there's a spark to life. Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. What Jesus is providing for us is not going away. You see, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Who, that's you, that's me, those that have been sparked to life, that have understood, if you're not, and maybe you are tonight, being sparked to life to understand, this inheritance is kept for you who, through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you're sitting out in the dirt. Though now for a little while, it might be a struggle. And you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, would be great, which is of greater worth. It's of greater worth than any gold which perishes, though it's refined by fire. That your faith may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. That praise and glory and honor isn't just to Jesus Christ, but it's also to us. Fascinating. Though you have not seen him, you believe. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. And, and this is a verse that I want you to hear. For you, have, you are receiving the end result of your faith. You are receiving the end result of your faith. And it is this, the salvation of your souls. You see, one of the great things about Peter is Peter loves to use the word salvation, but he doesn't use it the same way every time. Sometimes it represents this future where we will go and we will reside with God forever throughout all eternity without sin, without pain, without hardship, without breakdowns. But there is now the time when we live in this salvation where it is coming to us all the time as we are being renovated in our hearts, running the Christian race by faith, by faith. Fueling our Christian walk, that faith, that active trust, it is like, it's like the handlebars of this bike. See, the handlebars are the control center of this bike. You take away the handlebars, you got no clutch, you got no front brake, you got no accelerator. You just got, I don't know what you got. You got something, maybe you can lean to one side and one side of the other if you fix the forks and don't let them turn. But see, faith allows you to help you turn towards what you need to pursue and away from the pivots in life that you shouldn't be pursuing. From the train wrecks in life that will ultimately lead to those ruts that you fall into. And so I want you to think of, when you think of this weekend, faith, I want you to think of your handlebars. If you're in a side-by-side, -side, think of your steering wheel. That's what I got. 
I don't have handlebars, but I got a steering wheel. And if I hold on to that steering wheel, if I'm looking over the top of that steering wheel, then that will keep me going in the right direction. I will be able to see where I'm headed. And that's what you need to know about faith and how it generates within you and this active trust that will lead to a fueled Christian life. It's a life that says, you know what, first, three things about faith. It needs to be recognized. It needs to be initiated. First time, I got to see it. I got to see it and know what it is. And so I know this normally comes at the end, but I want to explain at the beginning. The reality of what it means to be a Christian is that you believe that you cannot fix the problem. The problem is that you're not righteous. God requires righteousness to be in his presence. His presence brings life. Absence from his presence, disobedience to his will brings death. That's what happened in the garden. God said, listen to me. I've prepared for you a place. I've given you a task and I'm providing for you everything you need. Just listen to me. People didn't listen. They turned away. I'm there. We're all there. We're born there. And yet God is gracious and merciful. And so the first thing is we admit that we can't make it on our own. We cannot fix the problem of separation from God. And then we believe that Jesus can fix the problem because he lived a perfect life. He didn't sin at all, and yet he died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. And in rising from the dead, he proved that he had power over death, power over sin, that sin was satisfied the payment of sin was satisfied, and he made a way for us. And his resurrection paved that way, and his ascension showed that we can draw near to God. So we have to admit that we can't fix it. We have to admit that Jesus fixed it. And then we got to choose to trust it. See, recognition, first, faith has to be recognized. If I was to say, you know what, these handlebars... Those aren't the ones I want to use. See, I want to grab this fender, and I want to use this, and I want to steer with this. It doesn't work. You have to have the right source, which is Christ. And so that's the, the first thing. You have to recognize it for what it is. There's no other name by which people will be saved, that is, except Christ. That first thing is this idea of, of the, the recognition. And secondly, it is something that has to be refined. It has to be refined. Faith needs to be refined continually. You see, I remember when I was a kid, um, I had a little 50. It was a little Suzuki 50. It was, uh, you know, about this big on this bike. Metal gas tank looked very similar. And my dad, my dad had something very similar to this, but it was a Yamaha TT500. You remember the thumpers? Those were hardcore bikes. They were, they were the man's bike. You couldn't start that thing without jumping up in the air and trying to get enough force to, to force that compression down in that four-stroke thumper. And I remember always looking up at my dad's handlebars, and I thought, man, I don't know if I'll ever be able to spread out that far. They were just the biggest handlebars I had ever seen. That bike looked so big and massive to me, and yet I watched my dad ride it. I used to sit on the front with my knees up against that metal gas tank, and that idea of that spread on a bar blew my mind. 
And some of you parents here, you guys are like that spread on the bar for your children. Your faith is something they're looking to. They're looking to you for how they're going to walk their walk, how they're going to run the Christian race. And so you need to take that seriously and you need to say, am I riding with my bars well gripped or am I riding with one hand on the bars and my head often turned behind me? You see, the other thing is refining also means that we have to take and pull out the bad stuff. Pull out the bad stuff. So we got to recognize it. We've got to refine it. And there's people watching you. There's people watching you. And then thirdly, you have to reflect the faith. You have to reflect the faith. Now, we all reflect it. In various different ways, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the fact that the body reflects as a whole so uniquely and wonderfully that everybody's different. Not everybody that you know that's a believer is out here at dirt. Why? Because they might not like dirt. If you would have met my wife 20 years ago, you would have said, there's no way that gal's coming to dirt. But that gal is here and she's loving it. And she actually sat in the side by side and said, who would have thought, would you have ever have guessed 20 years ago I would be here? Why? Because her faith has been refined and then it's been reflected to her children, reflected in this idea of, you know what, change is possible Change and trusting in God moves you. And when change and trusting in God moves you towards the reflection of who he is, the image of Christ, the character of God, the image of God, his character, his nature, his loving, merciful, gracious, kind, just, unwilling to compromise character, then your family looks towards that faith and that reflection helps them see God. You see, one of the things that you all have uniquely, you're out here because you are equipped to be out here. You know, you spent the money on the trailer. You spent the money on the bikes. You spent the money on what was necessary to do, the tents, whatever it is. You spent the money on that. And because you did that, you are equipped to do this thing. Come out in the middle of the desert, hang out with a bunch of other folks, hear a little about Jesus, and have a lot of fun burning fuel. You see, God wants you to do that with your Christian walk as well. He wants you to become equipped. How do we do that? We actively start trusting in him. And when we actively start trusting in him, then, then the people in our life will see the reflection of him, his character, his nature, and be drawn to him. You see, just like when I was a kid looking at this massive bike, thinking, I don't know if I'll be able to ever spread and grab hold. I honestly can say now, my dad did me a great service because you know what he did? He put me on the front of that couch seat. He showed me what it was like to hang on. He showed me what it was like to when you, when you turn around and when you're, you're falling off and you're falling into the ruts and you're getting into the, the gravel track or the run out then you've got to put your face back forward. You've got to pull hard sometimes, and you've got to turn into it. Why? Because if you actively trust God, he will push you forward towards him. And if you do that, 
then some people will follow you. A lot of little people, some old people, some people you don't even know yet. But when they see your faith, they can see what it's like to pursue him. And so how do you run the Christian race well? How do you do it with a good heart, with a good intention, with as much energy and gusto as we play when we're out in the desert? You fuel your faith. You feel your Christian walk with faith. So I don't have a ton more to say to you. I just want to challenge you this, this week. You know, uh, there might be some night riding and things going on, but I want you to remember tomorrow when you grab those handlebars, when you grab a hold of that throttle, when you pull back on that thing, I want you to ask yourself the question, man, am I pulling back on my faith? Or am I leaning hard into it? Not pulling back because, see, that's the counterintuitive. The world wants you to think that pulling back and engaging a lot of other things is going to get you so far ahead. But here's what God knows. He knows sometimes you just got to pull away and rest with him. And that's why I'm so glad you're out here this weekend. You're going to be doing other trips to Dumont, to Ocotillo Wells, wherever you're going to be going the rest of the season. But maybe, maybe you just need to rest in this for a minute. Do you have the faith required to help the ones in your life see who he is? Or, man, do you need to initiate the faith by allowing God's spark to awaken your heart? Stop restricting the air. Stop squelching the spark. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, there are so many people around this camp right now that would love to talk to you. I would love to talk to you. I'm right here. I'll be here for a few minutes after. Look for me. If I have my hat off, I'm bald. But I'm here. And I would love to talk to you about the Christian faith. Because it is the only thing that will lead to life for you. And for the rest of you that are Christians, that are having little ones follow your faith, you know it's the only thing that leads to life for them. So are we pushing into it? Are we pushing into it? Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for how Peter just encourages us that this faith that we have is more precious than gold. You know, I even driving out here and seeing the mines, people work so hard at trying to gather minerals and gold out of the earth. Lord, may we be people that work hard in trying to gather an active trust in you, in your son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I continue and I even pray that this weekend would be a challenge to us personally in our faith. But Lord, secondarily, that it would be a challenge uh, to our regular rhythms of life so that we might be able to reflect you well to the world around us. I pray that you'd keep us safe, that no little ones would get hurt, no old ones would get hurt worse. (laughs) And Lord, that we would just be able to enjoy not only these resources that you have so graciously provided us with, but the fellowship that we are able to enjoy with one another, knowing that A bunch of people out in the middle of the desert pursuing you gives you glory. And we thank you for that. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.